How are you guys today? My mustache came quiet, soft, and slow. I grew it this, as hard as I could all week long, just for Errol. He said all the cool pastors are wearing mustaches these days. So, And for you, I figured at this point you're used to your pastor having a mustache, and I didn't want to throw you off. So, uh, no, that's enough of that. <laughs> now, if we could just get Errol to rip his off like that, right? All right. <laughs> Uh, my name is Eric. I'm the Morris Campus Pastor, and I'm pumped to be with you guys during this Christmas season. I'm glad you're here to worship with us, if, whether you're here every week or this is your first time ever. Super glad that you're here. And uh, we're doing Advent this season. It's four weeks long, and this is a week that we focus on peace, the peace that God gives us, the peace that is offered to us in the person of Jesus. And so uh, I actually want to look at these verses in Isaiah. If you brought a Bible or a device that has a Bible, go ahead and open up to Isaiah chapter 9. This is uh, the passage that we looked at last week, and we're going to look at it each week as we go through Advent. And uh, I want to look at a couple of the verses today and specifically look at the peace that is prophesied to come to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. So Isaiah chapter 9. And Isaiah is a prophet, which means he's a messenger, he's a mouthpiece. God gives him a message, and he gives it to the people. And the prophets didn't always understand every detail uh, of everything they said. They're just giving the message. Someone told me, uh, a professor I had gave me this picture of uh, if you're on a mountaintop in a, in a series of mountain ranges, and you can look across, you'd see all the other peaks. But from where you stand, it would be hard to tell if one is 100 miles farther than the other or what's in between. They just kind of all look like peaks together, right? And so as these guys write, sometimes they're prophesying uh, about different things. This is before Jesus comes, and Jesus will come twice. And there's things that prophesy about his, his birth, and there's things that prophesy about his second coming, which was confusing to the Jews at the time that Jesus was born because they heard about this mighty reigning warrior king, and then Jesus came as a baby. And I don't know that the prophets understand everything that they're saying, but they're passing along this message from God. And um, I want to look at Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 1. And it says this, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. We talked about that a little bit last week. Skip down to verse 4. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots, I love this in verse 5, the boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. And we get this idea, he says, the darkness and the despair will not go on. Uh, the nation of Israel will have deep darkness, time where they, you know, turn their back on God, but God will be faithful, and he says it won't last forever, and he's going to send peace in the name of Jesus. And I love this idea when he says they'll be able to burn their war boots. Um, for a little while, I was like a laborer on a construction crew, and like every day, every night when I drove home and took my boots off, that was like the greatest feeling of the world. Some of you guys can relate with that. You know, like, oh, I wear these all day, every day, and, you know, and it just feels good to relax. But the best feeling was was when I actually finished that job for good and I took my boots off and I knew I wasn't putting them on again next Monday. That was a sweet feeling for me. And, he's, and Isaiah is speaking, God is speaking through Isaiah saying, there will be a time when I send peace on the world so much that you won't 
There will be no more war. He says that he's gonna, they will no, no longer be slaves. And he says there will be no war. In fact, you can burn your uniforms and your boots because you won't need them again. This is the idea, this picture of peace. And then look what he says in the next couple verses. This is why this peace will come. In verse 6, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and then it says he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and he'll be called Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. This is the picture of peace that God offers to the world in Jesus. This is what we celebrate uh, as Jesus comes. This is what we're focusing on today, this idea of peace. And peace is something that I know that you want. Something that I want. Something that we all want. As humans, we're actually designed to want to have peace with ourselves, with each other, and with God. All the other animals in creation, they don't have this desire. They don't have this thought. They're not aware of it. They don't have, you know, uh, the same creation image of God built into them as you and I do. We're actually built to desire peace, and then God sends Jesus to offer us that peace through relationship with him. But we go after peace. We crave it. Sometimes very consciously, right? Like, you're like, I'm stressed out or I'm anxious. I need to figure out, you know, uh, what to drink or eat or a vacation day or how to get some, like, like you're just like, how do I find some, some peace and some quiet? But even when it's not this conscious search, we're just designed to want to experience peace because you know what it's like to experience peace and to experience the opposite in your life. And we want that. You want this. And uh, have you ever looked for something that you later found out you had the whole time? Some of you guys have done this, right? Like you're turning over the couch, looking for your keys, and then like an hour later, you're like, oh, they were in, in my pocket, you know? Like you're screaming at your kids, like, who took my keys, you know? And, or maybe you're you're like, your sunglasses are on your head or hanging on your shirt, and you're like looking everywhere, and you're angry because you can't find your sunglasses, and you realize you had them the entire time. This is actually the same picture that I want to paint for you with this idea of peace. And to even drive it home further, I brought you guys a video. Go ahead and check this out. <laughs> I love that little boy, especially when he moves his goggles to feel his forehead like his mom said. That's so sweet. This is the picture I want you to have of, of you and I, of ourselves when we're like, I, I need some peace. I got to drum it up. I got to manufacture it. I'm searching for peace. What I want to show you guys today is that peace is actually available to you the whole time. The whole time we're turning over the couch and, and turning over relationships and looking for it. So uh, I, I want to put these verses on the screen. There's just one verse, John chapter 16. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. In verse 33, he says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome 
the world. And this is Jesus talking to his followers, and, and he's already saying that he's overcome the world. They can trust in him. They can find courage. They can take heart because of who he is and what he's accomplished. And he will go to the cross, and he will pay the price for, whoever, for sin for whoever believes in him. And he will rise again, showing victory over Satan and death and hell and sin forever, that anyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And he says, you can find faith and courage and take heart because I have overcome the world. You can't, but I can, and through me, you can live that life. It's an amazing thing, but he gives us two promises. This is really interesting. The first is kind of a bummer. Jesus promises us, in this world, you will have trouble. Even as a Christian, you will have trouble, right? Following Jesus doesn't make everything in your life perfect and easy and you always have enough money and you never, you know, fight with your spouse or anything like that. You'll have relationship issues and financial issues and you'll still have bad things happen and things that cause you stress. And Jesus says, you know, Christian or not, I'll make you a promise. In this world, you will have trouble. But then he gives us another promise. In me, you may have peace despite your troubles. Even though you have troubles, in the middle of your troubles, I can be with you and bring you peace. And he's saying, I've made this offer to you, and it's up to you to accept it. It's up to you to, to live in this. The first one, I would stamp guarantee on there. This is a promise. You will have trouble. You'll have good days, and you'll have bad days. You will have trouble. But in Jesus, with Jesus, you can find peace for your heart, peace for your soul, even while your troubles are happening. Some of you guys have experienced this. If you've walked with Jesus long enough, you've had moments where it's like, you know what? I spent some time with God. I, you know, this happens to me. I'll, things will be stressing me out or really getting me down. And I've had several times in my life where I just spend time with God and I just kind of talk to him. I tell him how I feel. I just try to give him my burdens and I come away feeling light. And I come away and, I, and it's like nothing actually changed in my circumstances, but God has given me great peace. Maybe you've experienced that. The New Testament describes it, God's peace as peace that transcends our understanding. Peace that blows away human logic. That despite your troubles in Jesus, you may, you can experience peace. He says, I've offered this. This is what Jesus does. Jesus brings peace. He brings peace wherever he goes. You know, this season of Advent is this double meaning. It's, it, it, it's about anticipating Christ's coming. But as Christians, uh, since Jesus came once, we can look back at his birth and appreciate and celebrate him coming as a baby. He lived a perfect life. He modeled for us how to live, how to have a relationship with the Father. He died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. He rose again, and he says, anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. And we can, we look back and we celebrate. We set up the nativity. We celebrate baby Jesus and his life and his resurrection. We thank God for that. But we also look forward because he said, I will come again. And this time, I will come as a mighty conquering king, and I will punish evil once and for all, and I will reward obedience and righteousness, and I will bring my people to live in heaven with me forever. And we're in the middle of the two comings, and we can celebrate and anticipate each of those. And we get this idea that Jesus came to earth, and peace on earth, goodwill toward men came when he was born that day, but peace will come to the universe forever when he comes back again. Jesus brings peace wherever he goes. Jesus is peace. We read that his title is Prince of Peace. It is synonymous with his name. He he is peace. God in the New Testament is called the God of all peace. That He is peace. That's why he can bring it and offer it. He offers peace to all who believe. Anyone who believes in me will not perish but have eternal life. That you can find forgiveness of your sins, peace with God, peace with yourself, 
because of who Jesus is and what he offers. Jesus offers peace. And Jesus has already accomplished this. When he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. You don't have to wait for him to do anything else. There's nothing that you can do to earn it anyways. You don't deserve it. It's not about what you do to earn God's peace. It's a free gift that he offers to all who would believe, who, all who would you know, open this gift and accept this invitation. In fact, I would say this. Without Jesus, it is impossible to experience peace. Now, in this world, we have versions of peace that are just like fake peace. Of the, good, of the real thing, right? Jesus offers complete, everlasting peace with God, peace in your soul. In this world, we feel like if we get the right cup of coffee and a few minutes of alone time, or, or whatever it is that just makes us feel better for a little while, or if she would stop nagging me, or if this would cease to exist, you know, like we seek this, this temporary fake version of peace, and without Jesus, it's impossible to experience the peace. He says to his disciples, he says, my peace I give you, but I do not give as the world gives. Because he gives once and for all, and it's the real deal. And this is what he offers to each of us. If you're here this morning, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, he's not your savior, he's not your Lord. Maybe you feel like, man, I have been chasing after peace. I want it so badly, but it evades me. I feel like I have a, a temporary taste, just like you're talking about, but I've never experienced that peace from God. You can decide to trust him as your savior today and he will come into your life and he offers peace that you cannot have without him. It's as simple as realizing that I am a savior or I am a sinner in need of a savior. Jesus is that savior. And when I give him my life, I ask him to forgive me for my sins. He will forgive me for my sins and he will come and live with me and offer me peace that I cannot have. It's as simple as believing that in your heart. You can make that decision. You can experience his peace today. But even as Christians, we can believe in Jesus and we can live without his peace. We can sometimes bask in it and sometimes forget it. We see the Israelites do this throughout the Old Testament and you've experienced this in your life that we get busy, we get forgetful, we just kind of live without the peace that's available to us the whole time and we're tearing the house apart to look for our goggles and they're on our forehead the whole time. Jesus offers peace at all times despite our troubles. And so uh, I want to show you just a couple of really cool verses that I read just a few weeks ago in the book of Jude. If you got your Bibles, flip way to the back in the book of Jude. It's a little tiny book right before Revelation. It's the second to last book in your Bible. It's a little book that uh, you can read this afternoon in about two minutes. It's that short. And then you can brag to your spouse or your kids, like, I read a whole book of the Bible today, right? And they'll think you're like super Christian. So as you're opening, though, I just want to point out, Jude, he is right, it's a, he's a leader of the early church. He's writing a letter, and it's addressed to Christians, okay? Jude is addressed to believers in Jesus. And so if that's you, this, is, this letter is like Jude is, is writing to you. He's going to encourage you. And I want to look at just the first few verses. And honestly, these are the verses in the New Testament that we usually skip. Because Peter and Paul and James and Jude, these guys write letters to churches and to, and to Christians. And it's kind of like if you ever had a pen pal when you are a kid, right? And you're like, hey, how are you? I am doing well. I hope you're fine, right? And like this is what Paul does and what Jude does in his letter. He's like, hey, this is who I am. I'm writing to you guys. I hope you're doing okay. You know, how's your mom doing? And like, and I usually just kind of skip those first few verses and I'd read them real quick. I don't think anything about them. And I want to get down to like, what's the message? What was he trying to teach these Christians? You know, there was a reason that he wrote that letter. But I want to pause and look at these first few verses, okay? Jude, and it's not even chapter one. It's just verse one. It's that short. It's all one chapter. Jude one says this. Jude, he introduces himself, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, 
to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. He's saying, as an early church leader, I'm writing to the believers, to Christians, and so if that's you, he's writing to you. And I want to put this next verse on the, on, the, on the screen, actually. Verse 2, he says this, Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. I love this statement. As I was reading this a few weeks ago, and I felt like, this is what they all say. If you read every single one of the Apostle Paul's letters, there's like 13 of them in the New Testament, every single one, he says, grace and peace to you in Jesus Christ, or something, or some version of that. And I just kind of skip over it, because like, that's what he all says. But this is not just like a nice-sounding Christmas card that Jude is sending to his friends. This is not wishful thinking. This is not Jude saying, I hope you have some peace this season. I hope, I hope that um, God loves you right now. You know, he's not saying, I hope, he's not wishful thinking. He's making a statement that, here's how I would read it. Mercy, peace, and love are yours in Jesus. He's writing to Christians, and he's not just hoping they experience peace. He's saying you have the opportunity to experience peace if you would lean into it, if you would accept it, if you would invite it. Jesus has already accomplished this for you. He's offering it to you, and I love when he says, in abundance. It's like he's saying, I hope that you experience more and more of God's peace and mercy and love, because there's more. There is more. You can experience more. Hope you grow to new levels of it because it's God's in abundance. You don't have to hope that God squeezes out a little drop of peace into your life this season. He's got more than you can ever need. And it's yours in Jesus in abundance. This is an awesome promise that he gives us. And it's like he's saying, Jesus has already offered it. It's right there under your nose the whole time you've been searching for it. We need to recognize that this is true. We just need to, to understand this truth and lean into it in a personal way that we would actually live like it. You can invite Jesus' peace. You can pray to God and say, would you give me the peace that you already made available? I want to just invite it. In fact, beyond just inviting it, you can thank God for it. And you can say, thank you, God, for the peace that you offer to me in abundance because of who Jesus is and what he has accomplished for me. You can thank him for it before you feel it. You can thank him that in spite of troubles, you can experience peace in Jesus. This is a powerful truth, a powerful promise available to each of us. And sometimes we just don't recognize it. We don't live like it. So I want to challenge you this week to focus on the fact that Jesus offers you peace in a personal, powerful way. And you can pray for it. You can ask for it. You can invite it. You can thank him for it. In fact, I would encourage you just to go ahead and claim it. That you don't have to say, please, 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 if you got any leftover peace, can you give me some? He says, no. In Jesus, it's yours in abundance. And you, as a Christian, you can claim that and say, God, I invite, I ask for the peace of Jesus in my life. I need it. I claim it. I claim the promise to me. You know, if you've got kids or remember when you were a kid, you know what it's like to hold your parents to a promise, right? If they ever said something like, maybe later we'll get ice cream and they forget about it, you never forgot about it. And you knew exactly how to say, hey, hey, dad, remember when you said maybe later we'll get some ice cream? It's later, right? Like, you know how to hold somebody to their promise. If they promise you, you know, they'll give you money at the end of a deal, you're going to hold them to that promise. And just, you know, Jesus, God is our heavenly father. And I think he lets us hold him to his promise. Now, we don't really need to remind him and ask him and beg him because God always fulfills his promises. But like a kid to their parents, you could say, God, I claim that, I claim that peace that you already offered me. It's available to me, and I claim it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to live like it. I'm going to live in peace despite all my circumstances, all my troubles. I claim that peace that's in Jesus. So I want to look at um, two 
uh, truths, two takeaways from this verse. And the first is this. Peace is yours in Jesus' name. Peace is available to you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you can make that decision, and he will come into your life in a way that you've never experienced. He offers peace that you can't have apart from him. If you're a believer in Jesus, this is available to you all day, every day, despite your circumstances. It's a matter of heart and soul at rest because of your trust in Jesus, and it is available to you. And sometimes it's like goggles on our head and we don't even realize it. On your notes, I want you to fill it in in, in a personal way. I don't want you to write yours in the blank. I want you to write the word mine, okay, like a toddler. Peace is mine in Jesus' name because I want you to personalize this. I want you to believe this for yourself. I want you to live like it is available to you because so often I think what we do is we think peace on earth. Jesus came to offer everybody peace, and I believe that. He brought peace to earth. He will bring ultimate peace one day, but not for me, not, not with what I got going on, not with my attitude last night, not with the things that I've said and done, not for this relationship. And we, we act like peace is for the world, but not for me. And so I want you to write that in. Peace is mine in Jesus' name. He offers me peace. As a believer in him, I can experience peace despite whatever else is happening. This is powerful that you can actually experience peace. You can live in peace because of who Jesus is and what he's offered it to you. And I think just recognizing that that's true and trying to live like it, to invite that peace, to claim it in the name of Jesus, is powerful and life-changing. The second truth I want you to see is this. Peace is yours to bring in Jesus' name. Now, this is just for Christians, okay? If you're here today, you came with a friend because they promised you lunch afterwards or something, I'm so glad you're here, but you're off the hook for this one. You don't have to do this. In fact, you can't do this because you don't have the power to create peace for yourself, let alone somebody else. But if you're a believer in Jesus... He's given his spirit to you. He calls us his ambassadors. The word Christian means little Christ, and he's asking us to go and to bring peace to the world in his name. And this is what he's called Christians to do, to be peace bringers. You know, this is what Jesus did. Wherever he went, he brought peace. There's this, a really cool scene after he's buried and then he's, he's resurrected. Um, we find the apostles huddled in this room, and it says they got the door locked, and they're scared. And Jesus like floats through the wall or something. And he just shows up and he says, peace be with you. Because that's his name. Prince of peace is here, everybody. I am peace. Peace is in the room because I'm here. This is what Jesus does. They're in a boat and there's this crazy storm and they, they literally think they're going to drown. And Jesus wakes up and he says to the wind and the waves, peace, be still. He brings peace wherever he goes. And then he leaves and he says, until I come back, I want my followers to accomplish what I started. And I want you to be little peace bringers wherever you go. To your family tables, to your hectic Christmas gatherings, to your workspaces and cubicles and soccer teams and classes and wherever you go. I want you to bring peace because in the name of Jesus, you can do this. And this is what he's called us to do. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. That this is what he wants for you and he rewards it. There's a really cool verse I want to show you in James chapter 3. Put this on the screen. He says this, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Do you see that reward there? that we plant little seeds of peace. And when you plant seeds, it's purposeful, but you don't see fruit right away. It might take a long time to sprout. It might be a giant tree. You know, you know, when you plant a little tiny seed, it's never always the same. But it's purposeful with the understanding that you will reap a harvest. And he says the reward is a harvest of righteousness. And Jesus is calling you, if you're a believer in him, to be a peace bringer, 
a little Christ who brings peace to the situations and the relationships and environments that they enter in the name of Jesus. Peace is yours in a personal and powerful way, and then it's yours to bring to other people, that they would see God giving you peace and want in on that action. This is what God wants for all of his followers. I was thinking about how... How, like, was there a book that says how to be a peace bringer? I couldn't find it. And, and I think because I just got to admit that it's going to be different for you than it is for me and the person sitting next to you and maybe you in a different relationship with somebody else. Like, in every situation, it's not like this one size fits all. Here's how you bring peace. So what I would recommend is in your environments, in your relationships, in your situations, that you would just ask God and pray, how do you want me to be a peace bringer in this relationship? How can I bring peace in Jesus' name to this work environment, to, to this scenario in my life? And ask God for the wisdom to do that. I believe that he'll guide you. Maybe the best way you can be a peace bringer is by practicing living that idea of peace in your own life. And that people would notice that. You know, sometimes, even unintentionally, we can be part of, we can be a crazy maker. We can be part of that crazy cycle, like, well, you insulted me, so I'm going to hurt your feelings. Or, you know, chaos is happening, and I'm a piece of it, and I'm making it worse, and we're all kind of going out of control together. And if you would just remove yourself from being a crazy maker and say, I just want to be a peace bringer, and the best thing I can do is just choose to live in peace right now and not be a part of that, people will notice that. Maybe the best way you can bring peace is to live in peace. That old uh, famous adage, you see it on all kinds of memes and t-shirts, but keep calm and, you know, dot, dot, dot. Keep calm in the name of Jesus, that you would say, I can have peace despite my troubles because of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished for me. I'm going to live that out. And through that, Jesus might just bring peace to other people as well. But ask God what that looks like for you to be a peace bringer, because this is what he wants for all of his followers. In the name of Jesus, you can experience peace in a personal and powerful way. That's what he wants for you this season. Not that all your troubles would go away and you'd feel better about everything and you'd never have, you know, everything would be perfect, but that in the midst of everything that might happen in your life, you can, Jesus says, in me, you may have peace. I will go through that with you and give you a peace that blows away human logic, peace that is beyond understanding. And then as you do that, I want you to go and be a peace bringer. So this is how I want to end this morning. I want us to stand for prayer, and I want us to spend a couple of moments um, praying about two things. I want you to kind of pick one. You might be in one of two camps. You might be saying, today, I just want to pray for God's peace. I want to ask God. I want to invite it. I want to claim it. Like, whatever's happening in your life, big or small, you might say, uh, I, I, want, I want some peace. That's my prayer today. Or you may be in the other camp where you say, hey, I want to focus on being a peace bringer. I want to get better at this. I want to ask God to help me do this. I want to ask God to lead me and speak to me and give me the wisdom to know how to do this. And I want to just spend some time praying for that. So what I want you to do is uh, just be honest, and it's okay. There's nothing, no shame. For whatever reason, big or small, if you're in that first camp, you say, hey, I need me some peace. I want to pray for peace. Go ahead and raise your hand. Just throw your hand up and keep it up for just a second and say, hey, right now I'm invite, I want to I spend time inviting God's peace into my life, okay? And for the rest of us, what I, here's, your, here's your assignment. We're going to get a chance to practice being peace bringers right now. If you don't have your hand up, I want you to go find someone with their hand up, and I want you to pray for them. 
And we're just going to give this a few minutes in the room. I don't know if it's your spouse or your best friend or a perfect stranger, but that's okay. If you're a Christian, you're called to bring peace. And if you want to ask and invite God's peace, that is a sweet prayer. And I'm praying, I know that he will hear us and answer our prayers. But you don't need a priest or a pastor or a professional to pray for you. You just need a Christian to pray for you. So keep your hand up if that's your prayer. Everybody else, go ahead and move around if you have to. Find someone to pray for. If you want to meet them first, that's up to you. But I want you just to put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to pray for them in the name of Jesus that he would send his peace. You claim that promise for them, okay? So let's, let's just go at it. We're going to spend some time lifting each other up in the name of Jesus. And you are welcome to stay and pray as long as you want, but I just want to, I want to pray for all of us as we go this morning. So Heavenly Father, we just claim this promise that in Jesus Christ you bring peace to the world and you bring peace to each of us individually. God, for anybody in here that feels like they've been searching for it, that we would realize it's, it's with us all the time if we would just lean into that gift. Help us to remember that. God, for each of us as we go, help us to be peace bringers to every relationship, every environment, every situation that we have, that you give us the wisdom and the courage to live at peace and to bring it to others in the name of Jesus, that people would see you in us and come to know you because of the peace that you've given us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, thank you very much. We'll see you guys back next week for Christmas Moments.